0: You're listening to Brazen Bookworm's Unrighteous Reading Rebellion, a reformed book snob's journey and musings through all things romance. Some language may not be safe for all ears. Frequent usage of sarcasm may occur. And we're all back. So it's book club week, um, and we're book clubbing. We've been doing a lot of stuff, but <laughs> but tonight we book club. So <laughs> how is everybody's week going so far?
1: Busy. <laughs> so
2: busy <laughs> but we are going to enjoy this moment that we have so together and we're going to breathe and enjoy talking about LJ Evans Absolutely, Absolutely.
0: deeply because i am so excited to have yeah LJ Evans That's a, did, did y'all feel like a fangirl squee when when we when she said yes cuz i did
2: of, of course <laughs> i was so excited about this book
0: me too so let's talk about that first so everybody knows what we're talking about so it's book club week and we are book clubbing the newest release by lj evans which is the last one you love um which is just i got okay just got goosebumps just like thinking back to reading it <laughs> because i love this book so much um so we, we've, we've got our questions And um, let's go through all the things. And then LJ is going to join us. So I'm super excited about that. I think we're all super excited about that uh, to answer some questions. Uh, And we always like to start with quotes. Should we start with quotes this week or should we start with something else?
1: Let's talk about the book first.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. So let's talk about the book first. So this is a series starter, the last one you loved. And yes, I know it's supposed to be a standalone, but I'm gonna call it a series starter. <laughs> because I am not done with the characters in this book.
2: <laughs> Hopefully LJ is not done with the characters in this book. I don't-
1: yeah. I hate to I hate to put that kind of pressure on an author because I know that there's stuff in the works for her other places so Mm -hmm. i hope Mm -hmm. i would read more if she wrote more
0: yeah me too and i know we shall talk about this when she comes on so she's um in the um she's in the midst of writing a different series uh, which is stemming from the um the series that uh branded by a song came from and um oh my gosh the name of the other one right after that to by love um, and it's the, I want to say it's the Painted Daisies. Yes. Yes. So I well, hope I
1: think that's the series. I don't know what the new book is. I don't know what the first book is called.
0: I don't know what the first book is called either but that is the series. And I know that she has said that online. So I feel pretty confident saying that that's what's coming next.
1: Yeah, I'm really Which... excited for it because <laughs> branded by the by song and trips were, were my gateway books to LJ. So I'm really excited about the the daisies.
0: So that, let's start, let's start there. So we'll get to the last one you love, but I know one of the things we always talk about is, you know, how we found the author and what we love about them. So um, Ron, you found LJ. The first things that you read was branded by a song and tripped by love. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Julie, what about you?
2: Uh, disguised by love. There was this girl. She's in the neighborhood. She's the one that encouraged me to read it. Her name might be Michelle.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I did encourage that one too. Um, I, think, I
2: think people are going to see a theme here in our little Sister Stalkers um, <laughs> podcast.
0: Like an enabler theme? Is that what you're talking about? Uh-huh, like uh-huh. we might um, keep telling people to read certain books.
2: Maybe something like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> the hell you say.
2: <laughs> so
0: Susie, what about you? What was your first LJ book?
2: This was my first LJ book.
0: now so. Oh. Oh, d- did we steer you wrong? No. <laughs> so? you're not even a little sorry no I'm not
2: do we do any of us steer each other wrong never really
0: never, never. <laughs> nope we don't which is something that i love being able to say that you know you know it's funny okay i'm gonna little tangent because you know my brain squirrels um i actually got a message the other day from someone that was curious about why i only have four and five star reviews like on my Goodreads. And I was like, because my friends love me, and they won't tell me to read crap.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, There's that. I didn't know how
2: it. Okay. Well, first of all, do we really want to get into this subject? Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. would ask you that? Oh my gosh. We're, Ugh,
0: we're gonna people. go back to LJ. And
2: we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna
0: make it little. We're gonna go right back to LJ Evans and talk about. The books, and yes, so, um, my, for the first book I read was Branded by a Song, and, um, I was just completely enthralled with everything, and then I read Trip by Love, and then Disguised by Love, which is still one of my favorite covers of all time, and then, um, The Last One You Loved, so, um, I had another question why did you read it so we, we know what our first books were so for this book the last one you loved why did you read this book what was the purpose of picking this book up and reading it
2: are you calling on a teacher?
0: sure julie <laughs> since you volunteered so nicely
2: <laughs> okay so i ended up on lj's art team
0: okay no, come about. and
2: that's Probably you. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think just a combination of things. Probably you, Charm City. I don't know, but um, I'm not. I'm not sad by this. Neither. But Me I'll tell you, it just—it's one of those books that grabbed my attention with the blurb, and yeah. it didn't stop. I loved it. I
0: love that, that the, the blurb just grabbed you from... Because, you know, we talk about blurbs sometimes in the circle of having to write some write someone writing a blurb and how often do you read a blurb? And blurbs can be a tricky thing. I hate saying that word, blurb, blurb, blurb. Um, they can be a tricky thing to write, but they do mean an awful lot when you're deciding if you wanna read a book. If the blurb doesn't catch your attention, then a lot of times you're just gonna swing right past it you know, we used to talk about covers grabbing attention, but with e-readers, it's the blurb. You got to get that hook in there right away. So
2: Absolutely.
0: I I love that it did. It, it hooked you right away. Uh, Ron, what about you? Why did you um, read well, the last one you loved?
2: Well, I like
1: L.J. <laughs> I mean, we're I, I kind of, I consider her a friend, so I would read it anyway. It was on my TBR, but um, somebody who shall be named <laughs> Michelle. Um, <laughs> wanted to do it for book clubs, so I bumped it up my list (laughs) not even a little sorry still oh I'm not sorry uh, about it I'm just I'm just saying it was on my list and life has been crazy yeah um but it got moved up because of yeah this (laughs) I love that when you have
0: a specific reason to read something and it you know it calls out to you and then it's like okay it's on my list but now I have to read it and and it wasn't a bad decision, was it, to read it? <laughs> no, nope, it wasn't. It
1: wasn't. Awesome. And I was always going to read it. It just changed timelines as well.
0: I love that, Susie. What about you?
1: Same thing. An author charm, and I want to read at least one book from every author. And I she got bumped up because of my.
0: Okay, I'm going to focus on the fact that she was on your list anyway, because you of John City with Anna. It. which I personally love the fact that we're reading books from the authors that are going to be there and bumping things up, depending on, you know, who's got something new coming out or, you know, who you haven't read yet. And to me, that's a value of a book event like that. When you're looking at a list and saying, Hmm, who should I read next on this tremendous tbr and then all of a sudden it's like well they're going to charm city i really want to read them and oh we're going to do book club cool right up to the top of the list yep so i um i actually read the last one you loved as a beta reader and i asked lj if i was allowed to say that because (laughs) some authors really hold that very close to the chest who their beta readers are um, and she said, yes, I could, uh, because she re- she mentioned it in the book. So I was like, okay, well, at least I could do that. So the first eyes I had on the last one you loved was before arcs was in beta. And this was one of those books, as I was reading it, I kept messaging her with little quotes and snippets saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is amazing. I can't believe this. What's going to happen next? Did they really? I, <laughs> I think my chat with her based on this book was um, mostly quotes, um, a few questions. um, There were a few shut the front door moments. Did you guys have that too, when you were reading it that the shut the front door moments and the Kindle quotes and everything else?
1: Yeah, I'm terrible at Kindle quotes, (laughs) I'll own it. I'm terrible about making notes. I have to go back and look for them, but uh, I I loved it.
2: Right, exactly. I was trying to see if I went back because I'm pretty sure I did the same thing. Uh-huh.
0: I think there were times we were messaging each other. Yes. <laughs> about certain things in the book because I did go back and read it again as an arc because I like to see with an author what what changes they make because sometimes in beta reading, um it changes a lot. Uh, like you know, you can have a complete reversal of something based on beta feedback. You can have um, something like plot holes can be found, or character information that was missed, or just there's a lot that can happen in beta reading. Which is why I love when authors do it because it's it's honest feedback. You know, it's different than editing. It's different than arc. It's the first eyes. Well, I guess alpha readers are first eyes, but it, it's kind of that first set of eyes after everything is done. Um, and looking for that honest feedback of where things need to happen. I just kept messaging LJ with all these beautiful quotes saying, I love the way you worded this or, Oh my God, I can't believe that. Or plot twist or something like that. it, it this was one of those weird beta situations where I was like, wow, I don't have to be the beta bitch. <laughs> like it, it wasn't. because because we all know that there are times as beta readers where you're like i know this author wants me to be brutally honest but how brutally honest is brutally honest and how brutally honest is um gonna send them into a a corner with a a tub of ben and jerry's you know
2: (laughs) (laughs) so i went back in my messages (laughs) and it. I hear it. it just started. It, it was just started meme. again.
0: Okay, I'm not hearing it, so just keep going.
2: Okay. And this is what I wrote. Girl, this book, my heart is pounding, breaking for both of them. I'm feeling the pain and the hurt. I have to freaking work and I don't want to put the book down. <laughs> That's what I wrote.
0: <laughs> that is like the best compliment. I think ever about a book, you know, it's like, I have to do the things, but I don't want to do the things because all we want to do is read. Right. Well, I was going to say, what about you? Like, did you feel that connection, that pull to the book? Who'd you ask me? Either of you. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. I think that I have a tendency to read at night. so. Like everybody else in the house is asleep. So, so, so I don't have anybody else to talk to. So I talk to myself.
0: Um Sometimes and, you need and, that for advice.
1: And the air may the the air may have been blue in a couple uh. of places. <laughs> like, seriously, Maddox, what are you up to?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Susie, so what thoughts on the book when you were reading it? How did it impact you? How'd you feel?
1: I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I give the guy a lot of credit for bringing in a child that's one not his. And that's the
0: moment I kind
2: of felt like so.
0: It
2: it was like.
0: and, okay, so we're going to talk about characters since you brought it up. We're going to talk about characters. Uh, Susie, who's your favorite character? Um, program,
2: Milo.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's Myla. I always thought it was pronounced Myla. Is it, is it Mila or Milo? We'll I'm ask you.
2: Gonna- L- yeah, we'll ask her. I think
0: it's Mila. I thought it was Mila, but we'll ask. I'm still going to call her Mila because that's in my head because I have a student named Mila who spells it that way. So, yeah, she was my favorite too. Um, and of course we'll talk Maddox. talk a little bit more about that. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I love Maddox.
1: I had the hardest time. I, it took me a long time to warm up to him. <laughs> I just kept wanting wow. to give him a noogie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> really? Well, yes Because he
1: just, you know, I just think that he was stubborn, and I wanted to kick him in the butt a couple of times. So, I mean, I but think I think his
2: stubbornness was out of protection from Mila. Mila, mm-hmm. I don't think it was. I mean, if he didn't have to, if he didn't have the concern that he had. As a father, I don't think he would have been as stubborn, but he felt that that was the best thing for her.
1: Oh, I can, I can logic, I can logic why he did it. I just don't have to like it. <laughs> wow. a <laughs> stubborn. I, mean, I, I really love them all. I, I really love them all. So, I mean, they all have their faults, but he, he was the character that took the longest for me to warm up to.
0: Interesting. I, okay, I fell into him like pretty quickly, um, and I, I think like Mila was my favorite. I and Ava, um, the mom, mm-hmm. that's like mom goals for me. Mm-hmm. I, she was like the the wrap you in in her arms, but give it to you straight mom and i absolutely loved the way that she pulled she didn't pull strings it was like she pulled things together and and was like that realistic viewpoint and even though she never judged like you know you didn't i didn't even feel like she was judging anybody which she was definitely judging people <laughs> <laughs> but like, in a loving get shit together way
2: i was gonna say <laughs> that's, that's exactly what i was gonna say is she made shit happen yeah mm-hmm. because it needed to happen yep mm-hmm. on for both of them both mckenna and maddox yeah and sweet little Mila.
0: Uh, yeah like she was able to see past it's the wisdom of the ages right she was willing to she was able to see past the, the stuff Correct. and then willing to put her neck in to help them get through the stuff I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, you really can't go a whole lot deeper than that without getting spoilery.
0: I know, right? I kind of do want to get spoilery, though. I know, but... Book, damn it. I know, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, I hate to spoil books for people.
0: I know, me too. So we could talk about it, but not about it. We'll talk right. around it. So right. Let's talk around the little girl a little bit. Mila Mila. Because for me, I, I love a book that has a little kid in it that you can absolutely fall in love with.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: not every book has a little kid in it. I get it. It's romance. And some are you know, younger people. And they are younger people. But there's a sense of energy that LJ built into this little girl that, to me, she absolutely 100% becomes the glue in the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, she's cute and she's um, intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I think in a lot of ways the things that I ha- the the things that made it hard for me to connect with um, Maddox, she fixed those things. <laughs> I love you know? that because the things that like between him and McKenna, mm-hmm. when you looked at the bigger picture, he was. He was doing for McKenna by taking care of her sister. Yeah. So, I mean, and that at, at that point, I finally said, okay, yeah, all right, I can forgive him for being a jerk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I forget, I forget because <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I think there was a lot of representation of the um, what's lost is found. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the sacrifice you know there's a lot of that element in there of who you sacrifice things for and what you're willing to sacrifice for them mm-hmm. um, that theme throughout the book
1: but i, I think i i kind of connected with mckenna's character because i i resonated with the idea of just walking away from it mm-hmm. there, you know that at some point in time you just need to start over and sometimes that means that you start over from people and leave behind people that you wouldn't necessarily want to. Yeah. So.
0: And we've seen that lately too, the, mm. the, the need to walk away from something that, it's not that doesn't, no longer serves you, but that can be harmful.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I also love the elements and the themes in this of reconnecting yes. and recognizing that it's not always easy. You know, this is a second-chance romance. And in a lot of second-chance romances that I've read lately, um, it almost sometimes seems like it's too easy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like there was anything easy about this. But it No, made they it had m- to work
2: for it. I think that that's important. I think that's very important in a second-chance romance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, because real life isn't just, oh, hi, let's... Get married tomorrow, you know, <laughs> when the other dude, whatever he did or she did. Mm-hmm. So,
0: nope, I'm totally there with you. Susie, what do you think?
2: I agree with
1: everyone, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I to... my daughter. So, oh. it took like I fell in love with her right away.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That little intuitive empath.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. With a little bit of spark. That is what I saw. <laughs> yes. She was so sassy and um, mm-hmm. intuitive, definitely. Yeah. Just in the spark and the happiness and joy that she exuded. She was I just loved step. her.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's, uh, I think because she's so bright and sunshiny and when you learn the story of the backstory of where she came from and then the events that unfold towards the end, because there's an element of suspense in this too. You know, you think it's just going to be a second chance romance and everything's going to be great. And then LJ throws this other, uh, you know, kink in the wheel of this little suspensy element of it that all ties together to the end and that really affects Mila and I think you see it even it's even more obvious because of how she is through the rest of the book were you guys expecting that little element of suspense in it or did that hit you hard
2: I was not expecting
1: that <laughs> Ron. um I, I wasn't expecting it to unfold exactly as it did but-
0: So did it, for you guys, did it add another element, another layer to the story to have that element in there?
2: I believe it did. I mean, of course it did. Um, It brought out a different feel. You know, or at least different feelings for us and for, as readers, and then for the the characters, of course, you know.
1: Yeah, I I think that it it showed other aspects. I mean, it it made the characters a little, it seemed, I don't know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more flushed out. I don't know. That's not even even... I, I'm, I'm having trouble wording today so, yeah. I, don't
0: think so. I have another question i'm gonna throw out there because this is actually something i've been looking into for another podcast i'm doing is um the uh, i'm gonna get this term wrong the dark moment the black moment
1: dark what, what night is- of soul
0: So like, you know, in like a romance where there's always that there's isn't always and that's part of the podcast thing I'm trying to work through is there's that part in the story where something happens that tries to tear the characters apart. And it's like the angsty moment of she walks out the door and leaves or,
2: um, you know. There's a word for
1: it, but I don't think I don't think we can use it on
2: podcast. (laughs) No, I, I think it's the black moment. Is it? okay? we can
0: use it. There's a warning at the beginning of the podcast that says that this isn't safe. Not necessarily safe for work, so
1: <laughs> well I call it the um I call it the fucking. <laughs> <'Cause what? laughs> the fuckinging, the fucking-ing. You know, because everything's going along and then all of a sudden fuckery happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so, so- <laughs> so <much. laughs> well I'm
2: I'm losing that from now on. <laughs>
0: seriously i I love that i might actually title the podcast that um so (laughs) i I am a fan of books that the fucking is an external thing to the characters not an internal thing where it tears them apart where something happens that almost brings them closer together um because we've talked about this before i am not a huge fan of angst i understand the need for it and a certain amount in certain stories i absolutely love but you know, I don't want five chapters of them being apart because somebody misunderstood something or somebody else said something or they saw something they shouldn't have seen and misinterpreted it, that, that hurts my heart. So this one was more of, and this is like the one I love where there's something that the characters are going great, everything's going really good and then there's an external force that mm-hmm. comes in. And um, that's that was what I saw in this. Did you guys get that out of this also, where you saw that as kind of the pivotal turning point of how things were gonna go in their relationship? Or did you see that somewhere else? Either I've lost everybody or you're all (laughs) thinking.
1: I think that it it did seem like a pivot point. but I don't know that it was the only pivot point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we can talk about that any further without me being spoilery.
0: Okay, let's go on to quotes because I want to get through quotes because we don't want to be too spoilery and I want to make sure that we can um, for LJ to come on and talk about stuff too. Um, but I definitely, or should we do quotes when LJ's on with us? What do you guys think?
1: Um, well, we have a little bit of time before she's due, right?
0: Yeah, but we can always pause and talk about other stuff. (laughs) It's
1: up to you. (laughs) All
0: right, well, let's talk about this. Um, Standalone. Let's talk about this for a little bit because I I like, I think it was with Carissa that we talked about quotes when she was on and how the quotes that it was interesting for her to hear the quotes that we had chosen. Mm -hmm. So I thought it might be good for us to do that when LJ's on, just to start with talking about the quotes. Um, So let's talk about it being a standalone. Because this is another thing that's gotten a lot of play recently is standalone versus series versus interconnected standalones, and um, I think this is coming out more and more in a lot of different authors' work. Where one person will complain, will complain, God, I can't even talk either. One person will claim that it's a standalone. Another person will claim, no, it's in part of a series. And then somebody else will say, well, it's kind of an interconnected standalone because. It relies on other characters, but it has its own story element that's completely contained. So let's bring it into this because I know this is something that we all, when we're looking at books and when we're reviewing and when we're reading books, it's, I always consider, is it a standalone? Is it part of a series? Is it interconnected? So where do you guys stand on The Last One You Loved as, is it a series starter? Is it a standalone? Is it interconnected? Um, Julie, I'm going to start with you.
2: I absolutely think it's a standalone. However, it would be a great series starter.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why do you say that?
2: Oh, just there's too many people that I need to know more about.
0: So, would you say this is a character-rich story?
2: Yes, that's that's a very good word for it. Ron, she's, what about She's you? good with words. That's why I'm <laughs> the fluff, the word fluffer. I'm yes, front of it. She's my fluffer.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Not for work. We knew that already. Ron, what about you?
1: So that the whole standalone debate is a is a thorn in my side because because <laughs> yeah. um but I think that for me for it to be a standalone I have to be able to read it in isolation and not feel like I've lost anything mm-hmm. um so which may not be the other pe- or other people's criteria but that's me if I can pick up the book mid-series and read it without feeling like I've missed anything but feel invited to read the rest Mm -hmm. then it's a standalone because it's the first book with these characters. Obviously it's a standalone, right? Um, But I think that it would make a good series starter because uh, Maddox's Mm -hmm. siblings kind of invite exploration. Um, I also would not be offended if she went with McKenna's friend (laughs) Because that that sto- that side story seems yes. rich to me. Yes. Um, but I, I I think that I've read L.J.'s work, er, several of her books, okay. and like I said, I picked it. I picked up in the middle of a series. That's uh-huh. how I that's how I found her. I loved the book. I was invited to read the other stories. It, I don't think that. Um, I didn't feel like I was uh, scrambling to figure out who people were. Um, so I, I mean, I think that this is character rich, but I don't think that it's, I, I don't think that it's exclusive. I think she can expand it without any problem. Yep. And I don't think that there's so much data dump mm-hmm. that she couldn't write those other stories as standalones. Right. Because, I mean, she she didn't go so in depth into the side characters story mm-hmm. that they couldn't be handled individually. Right. You know what I, are you following me?
0: Yes, I do. Absolutely. And it's interesting. Cause you mentioned that and the anchor novels and the anchor suspense novels, I was the same as you where I came in branded by a song and they're not so much of a series as they are interconnected stories. Like, right. Branded by a song is the fifth book in the anchor novels and disguised as love is the third in the anchor suspense novels. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But even the anchor suspense are tied into the anchor novels, but I didn't feel with the first book I read being branded by a song that I had missed anything that I needed to go back and read all four first before I read that one. Um, I did feel with tripped by love that I needed branded by a song, but that may only been because I'd already read branded by a song. And right. if I read By Love First, I may not have thought that I needed Brandon Blaise. So I'm with you in that this is kind of a sticky wicket with, with romance of what's a standalone, what's a series. And it's funny where you said it's the first book. So it's obviously can be a standalone. But I know of several authors who write a series starter. And even though the the series that book has its own HEA with those characters. There's definitely an overarching plot arc. Overarching plot arc. There's a plot right. arc that's going to go into the next one that doesn't get a resolution in the first one.
1: Right, and I don't think that that's the case in this one. I mean, Me I think that this. I think that that um, she tied up all of the the pieces so that it Ooh. was a complete story, um, and. And leaves you with enough information about the other ones that you wonder about their life, but with not so much of a tease that you feel like you're FOMOing your life away over it, you know?
0: FOMO-ing. Yes. FOMOing.
1: <laughs> well only because only because somebody else used that term recently. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that. I liked it. <laughs> I like I that. Re- I don't well, remember who to give credit to, but it was <laughs> We're
0: gonna to have to do a glossary of our new F words.
1: Might have been, might have been Carrie, Carrie Bombi. Oh. <laughs> Movie. Yes. Do you her name?
0: I always do. Susie, what about you? Standalone, interconnected series, starter. What is it?
2: Um, I, I think it's a standalone, standalone but I kind of want it to be a series because I mm-hmm. to really read more about it. I need,
1: yeah. Some characters I really, that really... need to know more and where they stand. So mm-hmm.
0: i would love that i'm with you and i i think that's the the mark for me of a really good book <clears throat> that's character rich is that you want all of the other characters you want them all to get their story and you want to know it you don't want to just be told they lived happily ever after you want the story so, i'm with you on that
2: yeah i was trying to think what was the girl in California? The other doctor. What was her name? Nurse. She was a nurse, right? Or nurse? Was she? Yes. Yes. Her she sister, was her friend.
1: Nurse. Um.
0: What was her oh, name?
2: Though? I'm
1: looking. at I'm looking. I'm looking. Because I don't but have it no in front of
0: me. Hmm? Sally. I
1: know... What? Sally. Her friend, Sally. Right.
2: Is it? Sally. I think she's a nurse.
0: Yes, she is a nurse. Yep. Sally okay. needs a story.
2: Yeah, I do. And I didn't think about that because I was too in the town, too in the family. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking of the, the family, mm-hmm. uh, right. the brothers, sisters, whatever. And I would like to say these stories.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I want the brother of oh God. What's his writer? Writer. Ryder. Ryder.
1: Okay. Yes. That's who I want to. Oh, I want his.
0: I really want his story. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta be pretty special to throw glitter at a little kid <laughs> what? oh my god right that's i mean right. you're bringing back all the memories now there's so much in this book i highlighted so much of it i can't go to it right now because if i i didn't bring i don't know what i was thinking i didn't bring my damn kindle up i have the phone with me i don't have my kindle near me so i can't like you know pull up all the notes i had but i had a shit ton of notes um of not even like quotes, but scenes, things that impacted me. Um, Because one of the things I love about LJ, and I know we've talked about this before, the other stuff is her language, Um, her use of language in her books, her use of um, imagery and and the figurative language that she brings in is just, to me, it's stunning. Uh, It's really reminiscent, I know we've talked about this before, of um, A.M. Johnson with just the way she builds phrases and the way she builds upon the language that she uses to create these images in your head. And I found that with this book also. Did you guys feel that too?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yes. I Although there, there's, there's a, this book has a different tone to it than the anchor books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I, and I can't exactly, I can't tell you what, what, what I see is the difference except that it, it just strikes a different tone. Yeah, um, to
2: me, it leans more contemporary. Like, whereas the anchor books are more suspense.
1: I agree. Okay. I, agree.
0: I like that though. I like the contemporary side of this. I like the the departure,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that there's still that that base, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: and I'm terrible. I pulled up your notes. So
0: <laughs> I pulled up my notes.
1: I pulled up your notes. Yes. <laughs> and- and that language thing starts right with the prologue um,
0: Ooh, read it read it read it
1: okay <clears throat> she kissed me wet and wild slow and torturous love and goodbyes blended in a moment in the moments as we rejoined our bodies in the way we'd been doing it over the last couple of months like a f- like a flame on the wick of a firecracker burning 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 until it finally ignited into a shower of light and sound until it became nothing but us
0: i just got goosebumps
1: <laughs> so
2: right from the get-go yeah great example. a great example
0: mm-hmm. wow okay yeah i just completely got goosebumps um but that's it—the the language, the imagery, the 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 way that she spins words. Um, I, I she's like an expert word fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the 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 pinnacle for me. Um, like I said, her and um Amanda Johnson, Am Johnson, just the way that they pull language together, the way they put it in the book—it doesn't seem over the top. It doesn't seem um, out of place. It seems it's just mm, it's so visual
2: there they are not just words to add to the word count each right. word has a, has a meaning and together make that. they make music
0: <laughs> which is a big part of lj's um books also that you say that yes i know <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna ask her when she comes on that's one of the questions is um music is a huge part of her books and i think i hear it in the language that that she writes of just how how everything flows things have a cadence um, and there's a flow to them and there's a depth to them um, and that is so amazing to read in a book it, it's immersive i feel like i'm there
1: mm-hmm. she paints good word pictures <laughs>
0: How's that That's, a language? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, I'm looking back through my notes for tonight to make sure we covered everything but the quotes. Before LJ comes up, was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about other than the quotes? Mm, no. Okay. Cool. Sweet. So LJ's here. She's joining us for the second half. And um, I am I am stupidly excited about <laughs> having you on here. So welcome, LJ. We're happy you're here. I
3: am so excited to be here also. Thank you for having
0: me. Yay. You're welcome. Woo. All right. So we're gonna jump into things. This is a little bit different than what we've done in the past, but it kind of isn't have to do the last time. We're gonna start with our favorite quotes because for me, I think it's important that authors hear what resonated with us, what we connected with. So hopefully you're okay with that, with hearing your words back to you because um, that's kind of what we're gonna do is, 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 um, we're gonna love on your language. We're gonna love on the quotes that we love. Um, and then we'll go into some questions because we've definitely got some questions for you. Um, Ron, we're going to start with okay. your quote.
1: No, we can't start with me because mine me. comes after Julie's.
0: Okay, fine. Julie's,
1: Julie's, first, <laughs> Julie's, Julie's first, first quote is right ahead of mine. So
2: have her do her first one and then I'll do mine.
0: All right, Julie, do your quote.
2: So I need to do the first one, not the others, which no, is just fine. The first, just the first, just one. the first one. Okay. okay. Love like what you have. Yeah. Lifetime. What? Mm-hmm. I'm losing my mind. Love like what you have. Mm-hmm. Lifetime soulmate kind of love. It doesn't come around but once.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
1: And then later in that same conversation, uh, McKenna says, I felt like the pieces of my life, I thought. Er, I'm sorry. I felt like the pieces of my life I thought had crumbled around me were actually being glued back together, into a, sh- a new shape. A glass jar becoming a stunning vase. Fate giving me this second chance.
2: That is a perfect example of what we were talking about, with uh, sentence structure and words having meaning and making you feel mm-hmm. and not having filler.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, no filler. The image of the glass jar becoming yes. a stuff
0: base that was huge. Like can pieces and
2: <laughs> You guys are embarrassing me. Like if you could see me, my cheeks are like
1: bright red.
2: What? Why this should be bringing you joy.
0: <laughs> Susie you have actually, Susie's got two really, really good ones here. Read them both because I love them.
1: Um, you were always enough for me. I do. Mm, and this
2: one's my you, often favorite. You
1: were- You're my favorite thing, my favorite memory, my favorite gift, my favorite person. He said quietly.
2: I had that it's one so too. Funny.
0: It's
2: so funny because that's like right at the beginning of the book. <laughs> oh, we were already loving on your prologue, so just oh my
0: god, it's but such
2: it a sets the tone that quote sets the tone for the entire book. Yes.
0: Yep. It does. I, okay, so uh, we have to ask this question first: Is it Mila or Mila?
2: It's Mila, like Mila Kunis. Okay. Okay. So cool all right so that was the winner (laughs) honestly I I, I have a
0: student who spells her name that way so I just in my head automatically said it that way
3: it's funny because I didn't realize like when I call McKenna's nickname Mick the MCK I know so many people in my life called McKenzie and McKenna that to Mm -hmm. me like in my head the nickname was Mick like Mm-hmm. And then people are like, we didn't know how to say it. We thought it was McKay or something else. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I guess I should have put like a pronunciation <laughs> at
1: some
3: point. <laughs> but I'm like, I just, you know, when you just, something is so natural to you, you don't even think about it.
0: I was calling her McKay. I was, I was one of those McKay people.
3: I'm like, somebody complained, like in one of the reviews, they're like, I I, that they hated the the mick nickname and wished i hadn't used it so much and i'm like well yeah i guess if it was mckay it probably would have been annoying after a while because like i'm like mckay 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 <laughs> it would have been probably more annoying than mick
0: <laughs> i didn't find it annoying for one two, stop reading the reviews
2: <laughs> yeah, i know that's a big no-no
0: if you feel I keep telling this to authors I know if you feel you need to read a review because you just need to know what people are saying let me or let someone else know that you need and we will um screenshot carefully cultivated reviews to send you (laughs) that are going to feel so good about your your work
3: I usually only read them like before it releases, so like it's my ARC team and you know, people that I can reliably trust aren't gonna crush my soul. Um, And then Steve, my husband, Steve, sometimes reads some. And he said after this book, he had to stop because he was getting so mad.
0: (laughs) People people make me mad all the time, but that's another story altogether. who doesn't make me mad is your your sunshine and rainbows your your little unicorn, um, the the M and the yellow M M&M and M in the book because she has the sunshiniest soul. That I, I wrote that down as one of my quotes. I couldn't remember the exact quote, but I remember. All right, is it Eva or Ava? Eva. Eva. Okay, cool. I remember Eva with. Um, Mila saying that grandma or I don't remember what she calls her, but her grandmother, Eva calls, says that she's definitely the yellow Eminem because she has the sunshiniest soul.
1: <laughs> and she does. Mila.
0: So my favorite quote is actually from her and it's when they're in the little hollow and she looks at McKay at Mick and says, you're okay now, you know, she said, but what I asked, looking down at her, the pirates can't hurt you anymore. I died with that. I read that. I was like, I needed tissues. (laughs) That was (laughs) a tissue.
3: I cried a lot in this book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me (laughs) too. So we have some questions for you. Um, And so we're just going to kind of go down and and ask some questions. So, hey, um, stalker sisters, look in your your doc real quick, because I'm going to put your initials next to some things and um you guys are going to ask these questions i should have done this before this is what happens when i um don't fully prepare because i'm taking care of the dog who just had surgery and i'm distracted uh, so can you all see your doc you see i'm putting little notes mm-hmm. in there will do yeah. all right good then we're just gonna do that i'm gonna start with the first one And how is this book different from the previous books that you've written? Mm
3: -mm. It's kind of funny because I think you and I even had like this conversation, Michelle, like um, when I was after I had written the book, but (laughs) this book really happened. It it just kind of flew out of me. Like it just was on the page. And because it came so easily, I kept thinking it wasn't good. (laughs) You know, like it was like, it should, like I should struggle for it to be good or something. But then I remembered when I, my debut book happened the same way. And Charming in the Cherry Blossom happened the same way. So I think... It was just a much easier experience overall. And I don't know if it's because I had a lot of music. It seems to be like when I have a lot of music that I'm putting together into one story, the story just happens easier. So mm-hmm. I don't, that was the only really difference with this book, other than like.
0: I, I love how you said that it, you thought it wasn't as good because it was easy. And I'm going to tell you that that's something I've heard from several authors recently that they were worried about the book that they were writing because it just seemed to come too easily. And for me, that's always the story that should be written. It, it's, there's something about when you have something in your head that is so vivid and so loud that it's effortless to put on the page, that is 100% the story that you should be writing. And I'm going to tell you something else I told someone else recently. So there's always going to be someone who doesn't think it's good. Screw them, you're not writing for them. They're not your audience. That's
3: really pretty, (laughs) so you're making me all emotional. You can't see me because like we're not doing this. You know on a zoom or anything but <laughs> i am um, <laughs> very emotional very easily <laughs> well that's okay because you made
0: us cry so <laughs> <There you
3: go. laughs> <It's terrifying.
0: laughs> all right julie your question
2: how was this release different from previous ones So the book was,
3: how was the book different from like other stories that I've written?
1: I think she means the release part. Like, like was this was release the different? different? Got it. Got it. So um,
3: this was my first book that I released with, that's what she said, publishing. Um, I was really um excited honored that they've taken on, my stories, and are slowly kind of converting my backlist over to them as well. But um, so this release was in some ways so much easier because <laughs> I had this beautiful team of people that were making it come alive for me instead of having to do everything myself.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: But it was also harder in some ways because now I felt this great responsibility for this whole other group of people who I legit care about and want to do well for. You know, so it was definitely a mixed bag of emotions. It did way better than any of my other releases, which just goes to show, you know, that the people who know the marketing stuff know the marketing stuff, I, I'm a writer, I'm not a marketer, <laughs> so um, it was really nice to just be able to trust that back end process to somebody who knows their stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a big part that people don't think about when you're talking about indie authors, is that how much of it is just you, um, you know, authors will often have a PA that helps them with things, Ron, Julie, you guys do this stuff all the time, uh, because it, authors can only do so much, and if they're doing everything else, then they're not doing the authory things. But it's also difficult to find people who can do all of the non-authory things when you're expected to do everything yourself. Does that make sense?
1: It totally
3: does. It totally does. And in, and it's hard to find people who, you know, my publishing journey. I've been very, very, very blessed to work with amazing people, 99.9% of my interna- interactions in this book world have been positive, beautiful people who I'm still friends with, and I'm, you know, it's just been a positive experience for me, but there have been moments of, like, feeling kind of taken advantage of when you didn't know
1: mm-hmm.
3: the score, and you didn't necessarily know what was happening, um, mm-hmm. and, and it is a market that's ripe for people to take advantage of people who just want their books so desperately to be out there, talented, talented, amazing people, people who are, you know, if there are so many talented authors, so who haven't had a chance to have their books read because it's really hard to be seen in this world now, in this, you know, book world now. Um So finding the right people to be able to help you on that journey without taking advantage of you financially or with your book rights, it can be a challenge. So I feel blessed that I am working with that. that
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's even an emotional side of, um, unfortunately, in every industry, there are emotional vampires. Um, and it's hard to separate yourself sometimes when you're trying to do everything right from the people who, like you said, are are trying to take advantage financially and otherwise, but there's also the people who are trying to, um, you know, get in your ear, take advantage of things and, and tell you one thing, tell you another thing. Um, when you're trying to do it all, it's hard sometimes to, to figure out what's, I'm trying to say this diplomatically because sometimes I, <laughs> sometimes my filter failure gets the best of me. Uh, but sometimes those emotional vampires can be just as devastating as the financial ones. And, and knowing that you have a team that you've got behind you to work with you can be really important, especially when you're dealing with something that's as personal as writing. Um, you know, you know, there used to be this concept of traditional publishing was very exclusive. It was very hard to break into. um, And you had a traditional publisher behind you and they would do everything for you to get you out there, but it was impossible to get into. And now indie marketing has made it indie publishing has made it. So everybody can be published, but then it also creates a lot of noise. So filtering out the noise of, being able to see who's going to what's going to work the best, you know what what your team is, what your the concept of your story looks like, where you fit. Um, having a team like that's what she said. That's pretty incredible, and it do you feel like it frees you up to do more of what you just want to do as a writer?
3: It does. You know, it's hard to I'm a control So, you know, letting go is, even though that's what I wanted to do, it's also hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've been very patient when we learn each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, that's the goal is to hopefully free me up to do more of the pieces of the job that I love Mm -hmm. and get rid of the stuff that I don't love (laughs) so that... And I'm not good at, you know, like I'm a perfectionist by nature and a control freak. So I tried to do everything perfect and Mm -hmm. was batting my head against a wall for a really long time before I realized, you know, it's okay that I don't know this piece of the business and it's Mm -hmm. okay to give it to people who who know it really well.
0: So what was the easiest thing for you to give up?
3: The ads, (laughs) (laughs) creating ads. 100% I'm like, especially because I'm, I'm, I'm not only a control freak, but I'm very, very careful with my money because, you know, I had to stop teaching. So, I don't have an income. My husband, I'm blessed that my husband has a good job. I'm very lucky that I can do this, but I didn't want to like just be depleting our resources. Mm -hmm. And so seeing money go out, knowing I wasn't going to get money for two months and not always doing it right. So just really throwing dollars out the door as Mm -hmm. I tried to learn was really painful for me. And now I don't see what we're spending, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, I a
0: <laughs> so what was the the hardest thing for you to give up?
1: Um
3: probably all of those last minutes so like the formatting of the book and like having the control of when it like goes to the ARC team and when it goes out to bloggers and when it goes onto Amazon. And so those pieces for me, I was always very date oriented and just kind of like, um, had my arms wrapped around that really tightly. And you know, giving that off to somebody else and then knowing they're going to do it on their schedule is, is good because I don't have to do it. But then also it gives me anxiety because I don't have exact everything, you know?
0: (laughs) I, um, as a, as a type A uh, controlling, control free person, I, I get it 100%. Um, because that's a really intimate part of your writing too, I think, is getting it out to ARC readers and and getting feedback and knowing who has your book. I would think that would be a very, uh, you want to (laughs) know that it's all happening and when and who's getting it for me, that would be a hard thing.
3: Yeah. The good thing is that with that's what she said, you know, they got me in front of so many new bloggers who hadn't seen Mm -hmm. me before, um, Which was the whole point, you know, again, of going with somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and also a company that's already respected, so Um, bloggers were more willing to take me on when they had never read me before because it was coming from a company they respected.
0: I'm going to speak to that 100% right now because I get emails every day And excuse me, sorry, I'm I'm trying not to like choke here on the water that I just tried to drink and then talk at the same time. (laughs) So I get emails every day from different promotion companies and everything else. And it's like, there are certain ones that come through where I'm like, oh, save that, save that, delete, delete, save that, save that. And if something comes through from that's what she said, oh yeah, it's it's right there. I want to see who's coming from that publishing house because I already love the names that they work with. So even if it's a name, I don't know, I'm like, Hmm, they're working with them. Yeah. I want to know what's going on in this book. I want the inside information on this author because you're right. Having a name like that behind you, um, excuse me again, it does. It has a certain amount of clout. Um, it has a certain amount of pull. It has a certain amount of legitimacy, I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I definitely am am behind you 100% on that one there. Um, Okay, so moving on, because I I don't want to keep everybody like all night. I could keep you all night and talk to you guys because I love you all. (laughs) Uh, Ron, you're
1: next. Um, So you are known for Slow Burn. Um, Why does that appeal to you? That's a great question. Um, You know, I guess,
3: Mostly for me, it's because the fun part about writing for me is unraveling all of those pieces of the characters so that the reader can see how these two people fit back together, Mm
1: -hmm. even
3: Mm -hmm. though on the surface it may not look like they should be together, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, And that takes time. Like you can't just jump into it usually. Um, You have to kind of show how all those pieces pieces connect. So that I don't have characters where that wasn't possible and they had to jump into bed bed together in order for those pieces to unwind. (laughs) Like it had to be the catalyst of things, but it's not my norm. I I definitely prefer the other way, like unraveling them slowly and then stuffing them together. (laughs)
0: But it's like ignition. It's like slow burn to like rapid fire ignition. <laughs> yeah,
3: it is. And it's not like it's there's only a like one or two books where it's like Mariana Zapata slow burn. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know how many of you have read Mariana Zapata, but like her characters don't get into bed until like the last like two percent of the book. Like you're like you go all the way through the story.
0: That is some um, serious anxiety there. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and I love it. Like, I love her stories. Like, she's one of my favorite authors ever, but um, they're not quite that slow. So I think that, that sometimes people who are like, oh, I don't like slow burn, it's it's either you haven't read probably the right kind of slow burn for you, or you might be thinking it's too close to clean, like maybe a closed door or something, and it's not,
1: yeah. but... I was su- I was surprised that that was kind of your niche because I didn't in the in what I've read from you I, that was not my take on it. I just thought you were building really solid foundation. Yeah. Um, under the under your couples and I I didn't take that as being particularly slow burn. I just thought that that was good character development. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I never had a doubt that they were going to ignite, you know, right. some slow burns I read and I'm like, is this really going to happen? Like, is this the couple that we're following? Is this really the couple that's going to have the HEA or is this just, are they just biding time until the actual couple <laughs> comes along? I never get that feeling from your books, not but I know either. people categorize it as slow burn.
3: I, I mean, I do. like there. You know, my my experience is with a lot of the tropes in this business, people have very strong opinions about what qualifies as a certain trope. Um, and <laughs> the same thing with slow burns. So there will be people who say that they can't even kiss until like 90% in the book before it's a slow burn. Okay. Um so I think, you know, as an author, we should have some latitude to like describe what we think our books are to some degree. Um, yeah. but you know, not would qualify classify my books probably as slow burns, but I do. I think I think they are ninety percent of them, you know, you're not gonna have a sex scene until way past the two thirds mark. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think there's a, a nice element for me, at least I think we've talked about this before, of uh, there's an intimacy that's created exactly. and that's just as important in the romance as the sex. Um, and it can be just as heavy and just as intense and just as deep if it's done right.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the chemistry is there and mm-hmm. and the intimacy is there just because they haven't done the deed. So I, I think I, for me, books that that doesn't happen until 50%, I consider mm-hmm. slow burn. But if, if that's there, like almost from the beginning and the mm-hmm. LJs are, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're all intimate and connected. Yep. Well, without, without, the, with the, without the act.
0: How far in was the office scene? His office, how far in is that?
1: You know,
3: I have no idea. It's probably closer to 50%, like okay. 55% probably.
0: Okay. Is it that far in? Wow. I think
3: it is. It's pretty far.
0: That was, whew, that's one of my favorite scenes, by the way.
3: <laughs> I loved writing that scene, but it was really, that scene was hard for me to write because um, my parent my all my family, like my mom, my dad, my sister, all read my books. My <laughs> father-in-law reads my books. So, like sometimes when I'm writing a scene, once in a while, not very often, but once in a while I'll go. My dad's gonna read this. <laughs> you know, and or my father-in-law is gonna read this. And then I'm like, I can't think that way. I have to get that out of my head and keep going. <laughs>
0: I think that's awesome, though, because. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just having images and and and. Yeah, I can see how that would be. um, Yeah, so okay, before we get into favorites, I kind of skipped over one that was on here. I'm going to go back to it. Susie,
1: you're up. So music plays.
3: The music for each one. That's such a great question. And you know, music is so such an important part of my stories to me. Sometimes my books, my entire book, sometimes my chapters are inspired by a song and the lyrics, mostly the lyrics, but also the tone and the vibe of the song. So sometimes I'll just be listening to a random song and I will get ideas for either a book I'm working on or a random scene with totally different characters like that have nothing to do with anything I'm doing. So sometimes that's where my music, the stories come from. Stories, songs that I've heard and I get inspired enough to write something down. Um, Because if you know, if if you've read my stories then you know that there's a ton of music in the books. There's one for every chapter. And when you've got 42 chapters, not all of those are inspired. You know, not Mm -hmm. all of those chapters do I hear the song first. Sometimes I have to go searching. And the wonderful thing about going and searching for songs to go and fit the chapter that I've written is that I've found some amazing artists that way that I would never have found because I was searching for... Types of songs, you know, like or I might be searching for a tone, or I might be searching for a song where the guy loses the girl as a kid. You know, like it's so specific, and I've found some amazing music that way. And um, so it goes both ways. The stories I feel like that speak to me the most are the ones that I heard a song, I see the characters, I see a scene. I know what their life was that led them to that scene and I write it down and then it becomes a book.
0: (laughs) I love that. Most of the songs that will show up in your books are either the song or the artist is already on my playlist, or I have added some amazing artists to my playlist because of your books um, and it's so thank you for that, because my family appreciates that on the car rides, they could listen to my Spotify playlist instead of my books with me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that I've been able to bring, you know, those new author artists to people, you know, because there's just like in the book world, there's so much music out there, right? That it's hard mm-hmm. to find those small author artists who are making great music.
0: So, do you find them on YouTube, Spotify? Do you ask for recommendations? Do you Google search?
3: All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I get recommendations from my readers. Like a lot of times, people will drop music for me either in a DM or in my group, or they'll say they heard this song and they thought of me. Um, so some of it comes that way. I've I when I'm writing a book, like when I wrote the. Um, anchor novel, the suspense series. Mm -hmm. I was looking for, um, you know, some moodier alternative music. And while I have some alternative rock and that kind of stuff on my on my playlist, it's not my go to is always country. So that will always take up more of my space. And um, I didn't have, like, a lot of the vibe I wanted, so I asked, you know, I opened up, like, a playlist on Spotify and asked people, like, it was an open playlist and people could drop music in there for me, and I found some great artists that way and songs, and then um, sometimes I'm Googling specific things, songs about X or artists that are in Ireland or you know, top 10 musical artists in Africa. Like, I mean, I just, it's, mm-hmm. you would be surprised to surprise us <laughs> with stuff that I've Googled in order to get great music.
0: <laughs> I was once told to be very careful with what I put in my Google searches because apparently there are lists out there that you can get on. Um, so uh, probably not for you for music, but <laughs> would you say your Google search is, um, do you have someone on tap to um, wipe out your Google search? Should something happen to
3: you? <laughs> I'm going to incognito mode. So, like, I'm in incognito mode for some of the things. Like you know, I'll be searching. How do you kill somebody with poison? Right. Or what's the you know the easiest poison to get to kill somebody? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I want that and then the very next search will be like ways to get into the secret service building. I don't think we want those two Google searches anywhere near each other.
0: (laughs) I'll have to find it and post it when I do this but there's that that great meme of there's a woman sitting at a computer and she's reading off somebody's Google search history and a guy comes up behind her and says oh she's just a writer.
3: Right. That's a great point.
0: That's, like, that, that's so perfect because even as a reader, sometimes, it, actually, it's, I think, more from the editing perspective is I'll Google things while I'm editing to say, okay, does that really happen that way? Does it really work that way? Would that really happen? And sometimes you're right, the progression of what I'm looking for, it's like, oh, that can't be good. If somebody's watching my search history, that's not going to work <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Totally.
3: Once in a while, when Steve and I are talking or we're doing something, I'm like, I'll just say to like the microphone on the computer, I'm a writer. If You're listening? It's just because I'm a writer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so do you guys get the the Google stalker thing like on your social media where you'll talk to somebody about something and then all of a sudden the ad will pop up on your social media?
2: Yes, Yes. it's freaky. (laughs)
0: Okay. So see, people are listening. I know they're listening because there's no reason for the things to, to show up on my my getting
1: right. sur- get ads for it.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay, this is like totally off topic. So Jules and I were sitting in the car. Neither of us were, you know, on social media. We had nothing on. I think actually we we're playing something through Spotify through the car or whatever, but we were talking about getting a gift for someone. And Jules mentioned Squishables. And I had never heard of them. So I know I hadn't searched for them. an hour later, guess what's in my feed on Facebook? Ads for Squishables.
3: It's like, crazy. Oh. It's I crazy. have a story. My mom and dad live up in the mountains. So the only thing they had with them was their phone. And it was in their pocket. They were taking a walk, right? They're in the mountains, like dirt road in the mountains. The only thing on them is their phone and it's off. They're walking, right? Well, it's not off, off, but it's not. it's not like they're on it. Right. And they started talking about the show Captain Kangaroo. I don't know how many of you remember Captain (laughs) Kangaroo. Okay. Totally random, right? They get back to the house, and my mom goes on her computer and gets a Captain Kangaroo ad.
1: (laughs) I'm not joking. Like, it's totally freaky. (laughs) It's... (laughs) There cool. definitely somebody li- listening. Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: Captain Kangaroo is even worse than Squishable. I mean, at least Squishable is modern, right? Like, it's it's, it's in people's feeds. <laughs> There's a small chance you could have randomly gotten it. Captain
1: Kangaroo, not so much.
0: So, so you know we're all going to wind up with kang- Captain Kangaroo and Squishables in our feed,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> It's
0: going to happen. <laughs> oh. That's going to show up also, I bet you. Yeah.
1: Just uh, to circle back, the office scene is at 52%. Oh, you're I so good. <laughs> I thought it was about 50%. percent
0: yeah. good. I love that scene. So talking about favorite scenes, what was your favorite scene in the last one you loved?
3: I knew you were going to ask me this, and it was really hard for me to think of one Um, because there were so many that I loved writing this book Um, one that comes up to mind a lot when I'm I'm thinking about it is the scene where McKenna goes back to his house for the first time like after he's agreed to let her come stay and get to know Mila and Mila asks her to come into the room while he's reading the the day the unicorn saved the world for the first time to her and they all get in bed together and he's reading it and it just shows like what a great dad he is first of all and the sense of humor he has and it shows like Mila's lovely sunshiny soul but it also shows like how desperately McKenna needed them like Mm -hmm. and just that moment of clarity for her of like what she was she was missing you know you know so that's one of my favorite parts i also like when after they finally start to like touch and kiss and all of that again like the playfulness of maddox mm-hmm. in a lot of those scenes was a lot of to write.
0: yeah he did have that little playful side that you don't really see at first and well, I you think didn't
3: he... expect from him at all <laughs>
0: yeah. no but it humanized him a lot um because i know ron Ron had some issues with <laughs> Maddox at first.
1: Just a few. <laughs> I wanted to give him an I wanted to give him a noogie. <laughs> That's what, fair enough.
0: Coming around to him.
1: Oh, I came around, yeah. I mean
0: When? It's hard
1: not it? to come it's hard it's hard not to come around to a guy who strips down in his office. I mean, I have a cop thing.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, I married a cop. I mean, I have a cop thing.
0: Look at that office scene, man. Everybody's going to be like, where's the, where's the office scene? They want to read right. it for the scene. It was so good. It was so well done. But
3: ugh. I rewrote that scene like, I can't even tell you how many times.
0: Wow. So, okay, I'm going to jump on Julie's question here. Julie, go for the next one, because this might be it
2: this might be it
0: we'll see no meaning it, what she started to talk what lj was just starting to say yeah ask a question
2: what was the most difficult part to write um
3: well i mean that scene was very hard for me for a lot of different reasons because he becomes kind of aggressive in that scene and if you've written written a lot. If you've read a lot of my stories, my guys typically aren't very aggressive. I have like two books where the guys are very aggressive through the whole book, but it's just not my normal. And so it was, it was like finding that balance of like being aggressive, but not crossing the line Mm -hmm. of, you know, no consent or you know all of those things so i don't play around in that space a lot the no consent Mm -hmm. space so that was a hard scene for me to write from a like a writer perspective like a structural like getting it smooth and getting it right and making sure it flowed and the body parts were in the right places and (laughs) you know he he hadn't zipped his pants yet but he had zipped his pants yet you know like all of those things
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um but the, actually the hardest emotional scenes for me to write were wherever Maddox was having to witness stuff. Like the flashbacks where he was having to witness stuff with McKenna and her mom. Right. And yeah. the kind of helplessness that he felt in that mm-hmm. space. Because I've been there. You know, as a teacher, mm-hmm. seeing kids that you yeah. know are being abused and having your hands tied to only be able to report and, and waiting for somebody to do something and, and reporting two or three times and not having anything done, you know, so I've been in that space. So writing those scenes with Maddox were really hard, even though. None of them were overly graphic. I had a couple people that couldn't read the story because of the content. And I totally understand that. You know, it's a hard, it's a very hard subject. And, um, but I tried to keep it where it wasn't enormously enormously graphic. Um, But those scenes were hard for me emotionally.
0: I felt the emotion through those scenes i did not feel that they were overly graphic um i always tell people i don't have a lot of triggers um i know certain people that do have a lot of triggers and i always try to warn them of certain things that are happening in different books but i i felt personally i felt like you handled it with a lot of respect but it still had it had to have that edge to help the reader um, identify with exactly what was happening, how bad it was, how it affected her so greatly and how McKenna and how it affected Maddox so greatly. And if you don't have that bit of an edge to it, then that emotion's not going to come through for it either. Um, so I, I think there was a nice balance there for me, there was a really beautiful balance there of not tipping into the edge of massive trigger warnings where it was super graphic. Right. But giving the full emotion and the full, the heaviness of what it was, was there. But I could see how that would be really difficult to write. Um,
3: yeah. And you know, it had to happen in order for people to have empathy for McKenna leaving, right? So she had this amazing family and this amazing guy and she walked away from it all, right? And yeah, we can say she was only 18 and we all make stupid mistakes when we're 18. But it had they were in this place that had so many bad things for her also. So it had to be bad enough that people would understand that she had to leave, right?
0: It made Um, her seem sympathetic and not obnoxious. Like, you know, (sighs) I can do better. Uh, She wasn't walking away because she thought she was too good for it. It was the empathy was there as a reader for me to say, wow, she gave up so much, but she really didn't have a choice.
3: It was her escape. She had to escape. Right. Yeah. Um, That was actually, I thought people would have, it's funny because I thought people would have a harder time with McKenna when I wrote the story. I, I thought she'd get a lot of flack. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because like Ron, I actually hear more about Maddox than I do about McKenna. So it's kind of funny.
0: (laughs) I love that. Okay, Ron, your next question was a good one too. Um,
1: So what was something you thought was going to be difficult but didn't end up being so? It ended up being like a happy accident or something. You know what I mean? I do.
3: I totally do. I'm just trying to figure out like, um, what might be the best best thing for that. Um, I don't know that I have a great answer for that. Honestly, (laughs) I know that um, endings are hard for me unless unless I have a song that inspired the ending (laughs) originally endings can be hard for me so um, I wasn't sure for a while there how I was gonna let everybody get what they needed you know so like allow McKenna the chance to say she chose Maddox over her old life but also allow Maddox the chance to say he didn't let her go again like he came after her
1: mm-hmm. so
3: trying to do both i was struggling with for a while but i you know i loved how they showed up at the end you know Mila and, and and Maddox showed up at the end and she had already packed her apartment and was on her way to them you know so it was like this happy medium of they both got to say they were giving up for each other you know mm-hmm.
0: I loved that, personally. I thought that was fantastic. I was like, yay! That was a jump up and down happy moment for me.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I love Mila's joy in that moment where she's like, you're my sister! <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. It was
1: like, yay!
0: <laughs> Her joy in things, it, it, you know, it's hard to put when you're dealing with kids. Okay, I'm trying to think of how to word this when you're writing kids, it's hard to write an authentic child, you know, because every kid is so different. And then people like, oh, it's contrived, or it's too this, or it's too that. And you have a lot of kids in your books. So, and you, you work with kids all the time. So I think it makes it a lot easier, much more authentic, but do the characters drive their own responses or do you drive their response? Does that make sense? I'm trying to think of how to work. The
3: characters drive their. They have control. (laughs) The characters have control. I am just the person who puts their names on the page. (laughs) Um, mostly that's true. I, you know, I worry about kids, um, because as I get further and further away from my teaching career where, you know, I was in with kids and all different ages and, you know, like I taught first grade and third and fourth primarily, but I was at a school that was Mm K-8. So like I got to see, you know, all of those kids in all their different stages and the eighth graders that I had taught in first grade would come back and visit with me. And, Mm -hmm. You know, as you get further and further away and, you know, my child's all grown up and I worry about continuing to be able to write authentic children because I'm not immersed in it all the time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. I completely understand that. Um, I think the beauty of Mila was that she wasn't your typical kid. Yeah. So her reactions weren't the typical reactions. And again, kids are so different. There's no typical anything. But right. what one person might have expected wasn't what you were going to see from Mila because she wasn't what you expected. Right. All right, Susie, you're
3: up. Are you? Panster, panster, panster to like the nth degree. <laughs> Literally... So seriously,
1: <laughs> I
3: sometimes I open the book, I'll have, like, character names, I'll have one or two scenes that are song-inspired, so those so are written those are somewhere, written. and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to start here <laughs> and keep going, <laughs> um, so very much A Panster, the series that I'm writing right now is a five-book series, series. And it's got lots of layers, and each book has, like, its own happily ever after. Each book has, like, its own suspense plot. But then there's a murder mis- murder that happens in book one that doesn't get solved until book five. So it's requiring me to do way more planning <laughs> than I'm used to. And I thought I had a good, you know, I was like, okay, this is fine. I'm, I'm doing it. I got it. I got you know, not, it, I don't have it outlined to the nth degree, but I had an idea of what needed to be dropped in each book, you know, which clues and like how it was going to play out. But then I got to like book three and I'm like, oh, this is totally different. <laughs> so, what? It's a good thing we're going to write all five books. Like I'm trying to get the draft of all five books written before we release book one so that I don't change okay. anything. <laughs> That's
0: okay. So that kind of leads. I'm actually going to go to the the. you already talked about one of the other questions I was going to ask, which about was about life and experiences. And, you know, you, you were a teacher. So a lot of that comes in, but so now I, you're pulling me to the next question though, which I didn't send you ahead of time. So um, I'm going to ask anyway, what's next? What are you working on?
3: <laughs> so the painted daisies, <laughs> which I just was talking about it's an all-female rock band, um, and there's originally six females in the band. And in book one, one some one of them ends up getting murdered, and so we see the rest of the band, you know, as they're picking themselves back up and and recording an album again and going on tour again and trying to figure out what happened to her. Um, is, is the plot line that goes through kind of all five books. But each book has also like its own couple who gets their own happily ever after. The end of the story, their happily ever after is done. Nobody's going to break up in book three. <laughs>
0: um,
3: and they have their own suspense plot too. So something that is driving the suspense in their book. And that ends in that book that doesn't carry on in the other stories. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of be read standalone. If you've read there's there's several authors who've done it, but the one that always comes to mind is Lucy and Claire's bootleg spring series.
0: That's what I was just thinking of was bootleg. When you mm-hmm. said that I was like, Ooh, very bootleg esque. Yeah.
3: I hate um, to say that because our, our styles are so different. Like my I'm not rom-com. Like they're like they're I'm not the the books are totally different, but it's the idea
0: of yes that plot it,
3: carrying through the rest concept. Of the
0: book. Yeah. Um. Actually, I was also thinking Gemma Westbrook. The first couple, I think it's like the first five. Julie, help me out. The first five of Alaskan. That same thing. It has this overarching plot that carries through, but every book has its own I couple, H E A, and right. interior suspenseful plot. Right.
3: Well, and I think Ron doesn't Avery have Ron. Avery's got like a little plot that's carrying through some of her stories as
1: well. Yeah. Each of her books sends in a happy ever, H-E-A for the character, Mm -hmm. the main character. And then there's an overarching mystery plot Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, Right.
0: I love that because you guys know that I'm like a total series slut. I am, I love a good series and I am all over that.
3: (laughs) Total series addiction here. Yeah. So it's hard Absolutely. for me because all of my series has started with a book that was supposed to be a standalone. Mm-hmm. So I've never like gone into a series like this saying it's going to be a series.
0: <laughs> and this is even interconnected to Anchor, right?
3: It, it's, it's actually there's so many connections. It's, it's been so much fun because yes. The last book in the Inker novels, Tripped by Love, two of mm-hmm. the secondary characters were Jonas and Paisley. And Paisley mm-hmm. was one of the lead singers in The Painted Daisies, which is a band. And so they are in the first, they're the only couple that I've given away which book they're in. So they're in book one. They'll kick off the series. Um, i yes. excited. <laughs> I will say you get in in one of the books, you get another look at Maddox and Mila, and I may have found Maddox's brother Ryder's heroine in the Painted Daisy series. That was
1: I. I so, that
3: is,
0: and we talked about that earlier about Ryder. We were going to ask you. So so okay, what's the scoop? Give us
1: the skinny. Yeah. So and at- after
3: I'm done with the series, so I'm I'm on book three. I'm almost done with book three. We hope to release the Peanut Daisy's Daisies first half-ish of 2023. So all five books should be out before summer. Mm-hmm. Um that's our goal. <laughs> Don't hold me to it yet because we haven't set a date yet. After that, I'm gonna come back to the Hotleys, to writer and Katie. Gemma, um, Manic's sister Gemma already has a short story, uh, Happily Ever After. It was in the charity anthology, Seeds of Love, that was done for the Ukraine okay. earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not available anymore. So when people ask, I can't like direct them to it unless they already bought it. I'm like, look in your Kindle. Maybe you already bought it. <laughs> oh. um, so she had a short story. I may, you know flesh that out into a full-length novel because I actually had way too many words. I had to, like, I had, like, 20,000 words and I had to cut it down to, like, 12 or something. Wow. And um, so she definitely has a story. She's got a story that's already out there. Okay. I have an idea for Sadie. I have an idea for Writer. So I definitely have plans for them. I don't know what order they're going to, like, I don't know which of them I would work on first. Okay. Mm-hmm but definitely I have ideas for all
0: of them. Fair enough. We'll wait. I'll wait for writer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's the one everybody mostly wants is writer. They're like, just writer. You'd be happy if you just write writer.
0: <laughs> I, I, I need them all, but I really kind of need writer story. <laughs> so, all right, let's do our speed round real fast. Um, so you guys have your questions and normally there's only 10, but tonight we have 11. So you're, they're just going to ask you real fast questions and it's not, you don't even have to think about it, just right off the cuff. Okay. All right, Julie, you're starting. Uh-oh, did we lose Julie? Tea or coffee?
2: Tea. Dogs coffee or cats? No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, dogs or cats? Cats. For sure, we have three.
3: Susie,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're up. Kindle or paper book, paperback.
3: Kindle. I, I, you know, I have my signed paperbacks mostly now. Um, definitely, I, I just read too many to go through paperbacks. Drive. <laughs> Fly! Driving drives me (laughs) Um, The Ben and Jerry's Churi Garcia.
0: (gasps) Me too! My favorite.
3: Yeah, but I have to do the soy one. I get like the Mm non-dairy.
0: It's still
2: good.
3: Yeah, Yeah, but it's not as good.
2: (laughs) I get that beach house or mountain like retreat.
3: um beach house although my new home our new house is making me rethink all of that
2: <laughs> why
3: um just because you know steve and i always thought like we wanted a house that was on the beach we watch the sunsets over the water but i'm really enjoying the sunsets we have here and the sunrises and we're kind of on the verge of that we're in the foothills So we're not quite in the
2: mountains, but I'm like, well, maybe the mountain-like thing wouldn't be too bad. (laughs) I did Football or baseball or neither? Are you a sports fan? I'm not a sports fan. I will say that
3: um, I never liked baseball until I married my husband. And then he was a baseball player and not like a pro player, but he played a little in college and um, I... I learned to respect the game so much more. The strategies in there, there's so much more to it than I ever understood. And so I would say definitely baseball over football.
1: Action flicker rom com. Can't I have both? <laughs> your books are both I know that's totally what I want all the time I want the romantic I want the action with the romance <laughs> morning or yeah. night morning sweet or salty
3: salty more than sweet but. and winter or summer winter Really? for sure I don't like being hot
0: Okay, I can understand that. <laughs> I don't like being hot either, but I also don't like snow.
3: Well, then when you live in California and you're not in the upper mountains, see, you don't have to worry about snow.
0: <laughs> in California, I have to worry about earthquakes. And we had a 2.0 earthquake five miles from my house last week, and I freaked the freck out. So... <laughs> <laughs>
3: We always laugh when people say that because it's like, oh, we got an earthquake. We had a really, really long one, we either like, I don't know, about a year ago. Steve and I were sitting in the old house and we're on the opposite ends of the couch, we're both working. And we felt the earthquake and we kind of looked at each other and went, oh, earthquake. And then it kind of kept going and kept going and kept going. And Steve and I are like, oh, it's, it's, it's kind of alone. It's still going.
0: Wow. I- i couldn't do that my sister-in-law lived out in um san francisco area for a number of years and um she would tell us all the preparations and everything for getting ready for earthquakes and stuff and uh, she's lived where there's hurricanes she's lived where there's blizzards and she's lived with her where there's earthquakes and i'm like i i can't even imagine like i'd rather live where there's hurricanes because at least you kind of have you you have knowledge it's coming i i I know
3: the one that the one that freaks me out is the tornadoes like, that's, I, I don't want to live I, in tornado
0: alley like here i can never live in the midwest because i can't handle tornadoes yeah natural disasters that come out of nowhere are not my that that's my boogeyman i can't do that so i can't live out west because can i can't live in
2: that. louisiana for a while
0: i live in louisiana we don't have tornadoes in louisiana we have um hurricanes But, you know, I grew up in South Florida. So going from South Florida to Louisiana was like, okay, it's a hurricane, so we leave. Like we have five days notice to get the hell out. With a tornado, (laughs) might have five minutes, but probably not. An earthquake, yeah. Like I said, it was literally, it was a 2.0. I was sitting on the couch, felt it. And I'm like, I think that was an earthquake. Get onto Facebook. Everybody in my area is freaking out. And we look it up and it's like, you know, half an hour later, they note it's a 2.0 and everything. And all of our friends in the rest of the country are like wimps. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's wait the next time you come here and you have to deal with a hurricane or a blizzard and let's see what happens. Because people freak <laughs> out too. So, <laughs> that's yeah, I think weird. it's
3: just all what you're used to, They right?
0: like It is. It is. Are you originally from California?
3: Yes. Well, I mean, I was born in Texas. Like because my dad was in the army, and so I was born in El Paso when he was in the army. But he got released, like I don't know, two weeks after I was born. And so our family was all in the San Jose area. So he came back. My him and my mom came back here. So I was born and raised, pretty much. Not born, but raised in. in El Paso.
0: So you're used to it. It's like not a thing for you guys. <laughs>
3: It's not a thing, You know, what's the thing is the fires, you know, the, the, because growing up, I grew up in the mountains where my dad and mom live and, you know, there'd be a fire ever, you know, five years or something that was big, but mm-hmm. now it's like every, it, it's every year and there's so many of them. We moved into the new house and we'd only been here not even a week and a fire broke out about mm, 20 minutes from us. And um, lasted for like three weeks. So, and it was huge. It was like 79,000 acres or something. And so that's the that's what we're not used to in California is the fires every year that have just
0: not gone away. That's terrifying. Another mm-hmm. one. I just can't even, I can't. I don't like, even want to think about it. Like, mm-hmm. Being in Maryland now, it's weird because we're in this little zone of, we don't get a whole lot of big anything, but when we do get a big something, nobody knows what the hell to do. <laughs> so we get snow, but if we get more than a foot, everything shuts down and <laughs> get rain and stuff. But if we get a hurricane, people here are like, they freak out. We have no, they have no idea what to do. So everything seems to be getting worse. I'm going to say that everything seems to be getting worse because we seem to be getting more of them, but I don't know how you prepare for something like that. So a fire or something that's just, yeah, that's kind of scary.
3: Yeah. We're we're glad you have a go kit. Like they basically have a go kit at their house now, like, like Mm -hmm. with all their important paperwork and, you know, stuff that they know that they have to grab. You know, my Mm -hmm. sister keeps her cat carriers out basically by the car. Like, they just have a plan that, you know, because if they have to get out, they have to get out.
0: You have to get out. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to end on a happy note. (laughs) Um, uh, So I want to end real quick on Charm City Romanticon because that's not that far away anymore.
1: Oh my gosh.
3: I can't believe how quick it's
0: going to be here. Uh, Talking about traveling and people coming from all over the place. um, You know, it's the first one we're doing and it's in Maryland in March and Maryland March weather. When Julie and I did a live there in March of this year, it was 73 degrees and sunny and the year before. And like two days later, actually, it was like, you know, 43 degrees and the wind was blowing and we were worried about ice. It's just so bizarre around here, but you're coming all the way from California to maryland for an event for charm city romanticon and i'm stupidly excited because i think it's the first time that i'm actually going to get to meet you
3: i'm yes, uh, yes so it's fine. Fine. i've got to meet any of you that are online today right like, okay. that's right yeah i'm super excited about coming i'm super excited about the event itself that you're putting together because i think it's such a great idea to try and get readers and authors to have a chance to get to know each other better in the way you structure it your event, so it's a lot of
0: fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. We are super excited that you're gonna be here Um, and we'll get some painted daisies by then, right?
3: I hope. I hope (laughs) we'll have at least book one, if not book one and book two. Awesome. Very good. Lots
0: of things for you to sign. (laughs) Awesome, well, thank you so much for coming on with us, for chatting with us. Julie, did you have any last minute questions or anything that you wanted to say real quick?
2: I don't. I'm excited to meet you and thankful you're going to be a part of our event. It's going to be great. Thank you for
3: having me. I'm really honored. And Ron, last
0: words?
1: Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Susie? No, but thank you for No. (laughs) <laughs> it's late for Susie. She's ready for bed.
0: Oh, so, Susie's bed time. Oh, thank,
1: thank you for letting me chat with you. So, thank you get you, to meet God. us all in, in the spring. We'll all be there. there. Yay!
0: We'll all be there. And we're super excited. But thank you so much for coming on with us tonight, for chatting with us, for talking about all the things, for hanging out. Um, and I, I am really, really excited that you said yes and that we got a chance to talk about the last one. You loved, so... If you haven't read it, um, if you're listening to this, um, you come out of from underneath your rock, go get the book. It is, you don't have to read five books before you get to this one. It is the very first one. You need no prior knowledge. You have no reason not to read this book. Go get the last one you love and then binge the backlist of everything else that LJ's <laughs> written because it's all fantastic. <laughs> so um, thank you so, so, so much. We really appreciate you being here and have a wonderful evening out on that West
1: Coast. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that is it for us for Book Club this week. Um, I am still working on a different audio option because we are obviously still having audio issues. If you made it this far, thank you so much for sticking with us. We had a fantastic time with L.J. Evans. I want to thank um, my stalker sisters, Julie, Ron, and Susie, L.J. again, for coming on and hanging out with us for an hour. That was awesome. Um, Super excited about um, the next books that are coming up for L.J. Uh, Super excited to get to read them. I'm just super excited, and I'm really glad that you guys did join us today. Uh, Thank you again for bearing through the... Audio issues, and um, next time we'll we'll definitely have a different one because I think this is our third strike. And this app is out. We will find something new. Uh, if you want to um, leave a comment, if you want to chime in with your thoughts on L.J. Evans, her books, um, anything we talked about at all—earthquakes, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, whatever—please um, join me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you'll find me at Brazen Bookworm. B-R-A-Y-Z-E-N-B-O-O-K-W-Y-R-M on Instagram and Facebook. You'll find the blog, brazensblog.com. You can find a link to everything at direct.me slash brazenbookwormblog, B-R-A-Y-Z-E-N-B-O-O-K-W-Y-R-M blog. And um, if you don't feel like leaving a comment, On any of the posts, you can send a direct message through Facebook or Instagram or send me an email. Uh, You can email me at brazenbookworm at gmail.com. And that is it for today. We will catch you again next week. Happy reading, bookworms.